Welcome to Dispatch In Depth, where we give you the stories behind the science of emergency dispatch. This is an official podcast of the International Academies of Emergency Dispatch, the world's leading authority in dispatch science. I'm your host, Becca Barris, writer and copy editor for the Journal of Emergency Dispatch. In each episode, we'll be bringing you stories of the fascinating people who work in this area. We'll give you their backstory, including how they got there, what they're working on, and what drew them to the field. These are people who represent the cutting edge in emergency dispatch, and I hope you'll join us to hear more about them. Welcome to Dispatch In Depth. Today we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to hear about a successful baby delivery call from both the dispatcher who took it and directed it, and the officer on scene who followed the instructions. Bonnie Guzman is a 911 dispatcher for Hancock County 911 in Hancock, Indiana, and Richard Van Alstal is a sergeant with Hancock County Police Department. Welcome, Bonnie and Richard. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, how are you both doing today? Doing really well. Good. Doing good. Good. I'm so glad. This is the first time we've ever done this on the podcast, and I I think it will go well. I think you are both very amenable people, and you have a really good rapport. So I'm excited to hear about this baby call, because baby calls are exciting. And then to hear from both of you on both sides of the call is like a really unique experience. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So to start, could you each give a quick rundown of your career path? How did you get into 911? Bonnie, we'll start with you. Well, I just celebrated my 15th year and I got in after a long career in administrative type job circuit. I just kind of had come into a dead end and in that position and wanted something more rewarding. And my brother, who's a police officer, recommended doing dispatch. And basically, I I didn't think I could do it, but I tried out, did a testing, tested high, and was given one of two positions that they had. And the rest was history. <laughs> How big is Hancock County 911? Because you said one of two positions. How many people are on the floor at once, would you say? Fully staffed, we have 20 to 23 people. I work midnight shifts, which is 10.30 to 6.30 a.m. And on the floor at one time, the minimum we have is three. The maximum usually is four to five. Right on. And Richard, how did you get into law enforcement? I was a teacher for nine years. And during that time, I did a couple of ride-alongs with a friend of mine who was a police officer in Fort Wayne and saw how much freedom there was and saw the the different kind of work that you got to do. So I started applying and got on as a reserve and then eventually got hired on full-time. And I've just celebrated my 15th year as well. So you guys are familiar with each other. You've heard each other's voices over the radio for oh, like yeah. basically <laughs> two decades now. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Have you been thirds the whole time? 13 out of my 15 years. I've been on thirds the whole time too. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys kind of have a partnership really where, you know, Bonnie's directing and Richard goes places and I'm sure Richard loves being told what to do, right? Oh, most certainly. Most certainly. (laughs) Ah, you're a good sport, Richard. (laughs) So Bonnie, when we were talking before, you said that the midnight shift is kind of busy She You said between 10 and 10.30 is fairly busy. So let's talk about the night of the 
the baby call. What was that like? Kind of get me in your headspace. You you came into work. Was it busy? Was it not? No, I came into work about 10.30 and no phones ringing, no calls at that time. It was kind of unusual. I sat down and just got everything logged in and it was my first 911 call. Oh my gosh. And um, <laughs> No yeah. warm up, no warm up. They were like, all right, Bonnie, we're throwing no. you in. No, I didn't get any sick person call or a couple, you know, falls or anything like that first. It was like, boom, first 911 call the night was my daughter's water just broke. That was what she said on the phone. And kind of went from there. I opened up EMD and got her address, verified that, got her phone number, opened up the pregnancy protocol on EMD. And after the initial, you know, how old is she? Is she awake? Is she breathing? When she had said to her water had broke, I asked how far along she was. And she said 40 weeks. And the next question is, if is this your first pregnancy? And this was her second or third. And third, was it Richard? Yep. Yeah. And so that kind of alarmed me. It was kind of like, okay, we're going to have a baby. (laughs) Pretty sure this baby's going to be born quickly. And just started going through the questions one at a time, trying to instruct. And when I kind of heard that it was 40 weeks, third pregnancy, we started law enforcement that way kind of knowing that this was probably going to be a delivery. Right. And so you sent law enforcement as kind of like a stopgap before the medics got there? A lot of times dispatchers will, if we have a high stress call, you know, with like maybe an unconscious person or something like that, we will send law enforcement. A lot of times they're, you know, a lot closer, can get there quicker. And just to kind of help keep the situation calm Mm. before the medics get there. They do have some things in their cars that an AED, things like that, that call seemed like it might get a little crazy. So we sent law enforcement to try to keep everyone in calm. That makes sense. Richard, since we're talking about law enforcement, what were your thoughts when you got the call? When you got the call, was it like, hey, we have a potential baby happening? Or was it like, hey, just go to this place? Uh, it was more like just go to this place. I was really close. They said it was an OB call and I thought, well, you know, I'm about a mile away, so I might as well go. So that's what I did. I went, I showed up and then another deputy showed up right behind me and we just went into the house and there was a lady standing there in labor. And I'm sure she was real jazzed to see you. I don't know about you guys, but if I was in labor with, you know, my third child, I would be like, yeah, let's, let's get as many people involved in this as possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I could hear Bonnie telling her to lay down and relax. And the lady was standing there. I think she was in mid-contraction because she was like, well, you could see she was in a lot of pain. So, Have you ever taken a call like this where you had to calm someone who was, you know, in labor? Not not in labor because this, this was your first baby call and we'll get to that later. But kind of a medical situation where you had to go in and, yeah, just be the, the calming voice. Yeah, we get sent to a lot of medical calls. Like she said, we are we have AEDs in the car, so we get sent to uh, a lot of calls like that where somebody's in distress or they've overdosed, stuff like that, where we have to go and you either administer Narcan or attach the AEDs, do CPR, stuff like that. And then you're dealing with the family, trying to keep them calm while you're trying to, to work the patient until medics get there. I've had lots of calls like that. 
Yeah, none quite like this, huh? No, none like this one. So, Bonnie, let's go back to you. Directions, right? So Richard gets there. Tell me what it was like to hear his voice over the phone while you were giving these directions. I could hear, I think Richard said that the, he had told me later that the grandma had the phone on speakerphone. And so, like he said, when he got there, the mother was having contractions. She was standing up and she was not wanting to sit down or lay down. And so I just kept insisting, you know, that we get her laid down. And the next instructions were we need to get her clothing down from the waist down. And I could hear my officers in the background. Richard said, we'll give you some privacy. So I heard his voice. I knew he was there. And then one of my other officers, I heard him saying something about, do you like to play tic-tac-toe? And there was other children in the apartment. So he took those children into the other room while everything was going on. And so once we got her laid down and Richard said that he was kind of like holding her hand, you know, everything's going to be okay. The medics are on their way kind of just, you know, reassuring her we're here. But once we got her clothing off, the next question was, tell me what you see. And then I hear Richard say, the head. (laughs) (laughs) And then I hear grandma say, the head, the head. And so after that, it was like, okay, you know, the instructions went really quick. (laughs) It was, you know, get lots of towels, watch the baby's head, look for the cord, don't tug the cord. I could hear Richard saying the cord's not around the neck, everything's fine. And then the next instruction was to wipe the baby's nose and mouth. After he did that, I could hear the baby, the first cry. And then right after he delivered the whole baby, the medics walked in. Wow. And Richard, were you like, sorry guys, you guys are late. I already delivered the baby. I was more like, hurry up and get your butt in here. I'm not supposed to be doing this. (laughs) I heard Richard say, the baby's right here. The whole baby. (laughs) (laughs) As if to say, guys, look, you know, it's not just starting to come out. Like the baby is here. The whole baby. Yeah. Yeah. The whole process is done. Yeah. She's not in labor anymore. It's happened. The baby's here. Oh my gosh. And that is, that's really smooth, right? Like it was the head that was presenting instead of, you know, the feet or somewhere else. And there was no problem with the cord. Like this was a textbook baby call. Yes, it went went as smoothly as it could go. Definitely. I agree. That's exactly how you want it to go when you get a call like that. It couldn't have gone any better. Bonnie, were you worried at any point that it would, you know, get more difficult? No, once I asked him what, you know, what do you see? And he said the head, I was, that's what you want to hear. And that eased my mind, knowing that the head was presented first. So, and then, like I said, it was just kind of like, they said the head and then the baby was out. He said that she had lots of hair. Bonnie, there's a video clip from your center's camera. So it's black and white. There's no sound. And there's just people jumping up and down like they won the Super Bowl. They're so (laughs) excited. Yeah, I had no idea that was going on behind me. I was focused on my screen and going through the EMD questions. It was really weird that that time of night is usually busy and there were no other calls coming in. So it was just me talking and it was dead silence in the room. But if you see the video, they are in silence, jumping up and down, screaming, you know, waving their hands and everything else, pacing. 
And I had no idea that was going on behind me. It was hilarious to see the video afterwards. What a cool way to like commemorate that. I I hope that you take that video and just like have it forever because it's really cool. Oh yeah, it's it's awesome. It's awesome to see that. And they were cheering me on in silence, but they were right behind me. It was almost like silent cheerleaders, you know, behind you giving you the pep talk. That's so hilarious. It's awesome. That is awesome. So this is the first baby call for both of you in 15 years. Yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and just just the fact that you had to trust each other and be like, you know, Bonnie knows what she's doing. And Bonnie, you trust Richard that he is going to keep the family calm, keep the mom calm. I think it's really special that it was the first call for both of you. Yes, it was. Yeah, I agree. Definitely hearing Richard's voice on the other end kept me calm. Uh, same here. Bonnie was very, very smooth, very calm, never elevated her voice, just that relaxing, calm voice. Yeah, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in labor and call 911 and have have the person be like, oh my gosh, okay, okay, we got this. Like, Bonnie, does that translate into your civilian life? Are you super chill outside as well? Uh, No. (laughs) (laughs) So you use it all up in work and then you're like, I don't have anything left. This is it. Whenever that call was over, and I hit the end button, I was everything but calm. Yeah. And it's really weird. That is how my whole career, it seems like I'll listen to my playback and I'm kind of like, I don't recognize who that person is mm. on the phone, but it, it just, I don't know. It just happens that way. I'm calm in the situation. And then as soon as the call's over, then I kind of, you know, let it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's all stacked up behind, you know, a dam. And then as soon as the call's over, you're like, all right, we can feel all these feelings and we're going to feel them all at once. Oh, yeah. I had to I had to leave the center and go get a, a Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, ha- yes. I had to take a moment. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and get up and walk around. And I was beyond excited, just beyond. It was amazing. Yeah. Richard, how about you? Did you kind of have that moment of, oh, my gosh, after it was all over? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Uh, like I said, the, the whole process happened pretty quickly and smoothly. They said once that the baby's head was showing and I looked, I was standing up by her head. I looked and I didn't see anything. So I was like, I'm just going to stay up here, do the coach thing. And then they said it real quickly again, I could see the head. And so I looked and this time I could see the baby's head. So I got in there, got into position. I told her to push. She pushed once and now came the baby. And then, you know, I, I did this stuff. She started crying. And then, like I said, as soon as the medics got there, I, I tagged out. It's like, okay, it's your job. I'm out. They did the rest of the work and I went and got myself all cleaned up and just kind of had a chance to breathe a little bit. And I just kind of had that release of like, okay, that, that part's over. The hard part's over. Now, now we can just relax and breathe a little bit. Did you also go get a Diet Mountain Dew is what I would like to know. <laughs> no, I did not. No. <laughs> Something a little stronger maybe since you were like in the splash zone. Uh-huh, yeah. I got myself cleaned up and then Uh, hung out for a little bit and then eventually was able to go and actually talk to Bonnie. So that was kind of nice. That's so cool. So you went to the center. Yep. Yep. That is really cool that you guys got to debrief with each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. He called and I, I stepped outside and we sat and talked about it and he was telling me what it was like, you know, being there in person because we never get to see, you know, what's going on or hear any aftermath. A lot of times, you know, we don't get closure. 
And so, you know, he was telling me that reassuring me that baby looked great and mom looked fine and how beautiful the baby was and, you know, lots of hair and just reassuring me that everything was, was looked good, that mom and baby were both going to be fine. Richard, we sat in that car and talked and talked and just how excited we were and how, you know, we just felt like God was looking over all of us, how it couldn't have gone any smoother than it did. Yep. Yep. It's a highlight I'll never forget of my career. Definitely highlight. Yeah, definitely. That's that's my top call so far in 15 years. So, yeah. And Richard, we talked about this when we talked earlier. It kind of evened out some of the horrible stuff that you see as a law enforcement officer. And I, I can't even imagine what you see. And Bonnie, we talked about this as well. It's hard enough listening to it, but to be there and to be sort of entrenched in just awful things that happen. It's really nice to turn the tables and have something really beautiful happen instead. Yeah, we see we see a lot of just horrible, horrible things, the horrible things that people can do to other people or to themselves. And to get to respond to something where it's, well, it's beautiful. It's a little disgusting, but very beautiful. <laughs> and to, to get to be a part of that as opposed to just the horrible other stuff that we got to see, that was very uplifting. To have Richard on the other end just made it that much better. You know, we've known each other our whole career and I trust Richard and he has a lot of compassion as an officer Mm. and he was the perfect officer to be there to deliver that baby. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. So as we wrap up, what is one sort of takeaway from this experience that you would like people to get from this episode from this conversation basically just trust your training and practice 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 those protocols because you never know when you're going to walk in and you know i haven't had that call in 15 years so just to practice your protocols and trust your training and you know just treat the caller each time the way that you would treat your family your friends cool richard Maybe uh, let the new guy do all the fun stuff and I'll go play tic-tac-tac next time. (laughs) No, just like I said, just listening to what she said to do and just kind of letting, letting God take control and and do what had to happen. And I didn't really get or have to do a whole lot. It was the mom and then the baby. So it was just, like I said, I didn't really have to do a whole lot. Right on. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It was really fun chatting with you and hearing about this call. If anyone out there listening would like to talk about a call that they've taken, go ahead and email us at dispatchindepth at emergencydispatch.org. And I look forward to talking to you guys again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Dispatch In Depth. Remember, it really helps if you rate and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Dispatch in Depth is hosted by me, Becca Barris. I'm also the technical director and producer, and Matthew Maiko is the executive producer. 